Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The football season might be over. Man, that's a bummer of a way to start an ad read, right? (laughs) But basketball season is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And guys, it's not just basketball. You know, that... (laughs) That's what they wanted me uh, to say up top, but it's not just basketball. BetOnline is also your source if you're into hockey, boxing, UFC odds. The Olympics wrapped up, but they had uh, some odds for that as well. So it's the best in the business, guys. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. It really is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. So remember, guys, BetOnline, where the game starts. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden, and joining me again today is Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, what's up, dude? Not much, man. How you been? Been well. It's been a long time. I mean, uh, not that long, obviously, in, in the grand scheme of things, but it feels like a really long time. It's been about a month since uh, since we spoke last, and a lot has happened. Uh, how? I mean, what's what's been up with you? Um, same, just, uh, family, um, family, <laughs> yeah, just, just, just staying busy with, with the fam and, uh, trying to get my kids into extracurriculars, uh, volleyball for my youngest daughter, my oldest doing tennis, my little man, uh, Obasi is a basketball guy. And so we've been staying busy just playing uh taxi and doing the carpool thing, but it's been fun. <laughs> There you go. Carpool lanes left and right. Um, I I played tennis. Um, I did not play basketball. Only volleyball recreationally, you know, um, but did I did date a couple of volleyball players. So that's fun. Um, I need to ask you, though, because a lot has happened since we last talked. The main, main question that has really overtaken all of our lives. Um, have you seen the Batman? <laughs> the main question you know what i thought about that that's uh the batman is uh something that i'm actually texting my siblings so my, my sister and brother live in, in atlanta and we don't get a chance to see each other as much as we should but we always can rally around going to watch uh, a movie because we're all a bunch of uh geeks and nerds and, and and love like you know dc and marvel and anime and Stuff like that. Uh, so, so you know, we we actually just had that conversation on our siblings group text uh, about going to catch it. Have you seen it? Oh heck yeah! Oh, oh, oh it's so good. How was it? Really it was good. great. Yeah, it's good. And we see, we had a tough we had a tough theater experience because we the whatever theater we were in was like eighty two degrees. It was really muggy. It was kind of humid. Ugh. It it was uh, it was drowsy. And obviously, you know, Ouch. Batman movie. It's uh, not the brightest, you know, not a lot of blue light going to to keep you awake, to keep you alert. No. And I will say the score, amazing. It's just been in my really? head the, for the past, you know, week and a half since I last uh, or since I saw the movie, I guess. 
And yeah, it's it's really good. Not a lot of Bruce Wayne, which you know I like. It's it's a very big noir detective type of story. Um, I really enjoyed it. Well, good, 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 good. That um, makes me feel good because when I first heard that the, the Twilight guy was going to be Batman, I, I I was like, <laughs> you know, give me an extra thumb for three thumbs down. I just was not a fan after seeing the, you know, the other Batmans, and I wasn't a huge Ben Affleck Batman fan, but he he he, he looked all right with the the cape and the cowl on, but uh, old pale skin Twilight. No, I was like, uh, uh-uh, not 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 a thing. But I, I heard he pulled it off, so I'm looking forward to catching it. I'm I'm not gonna lie though, there there are a couple of scenes where uh, you know he doesn't have the suit on, where 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 it's shirtless Batman, and I'm I'm kind of like this guy really, you know, he's gonna just get get hit forty times in a fight and keep going, you know, yeah. Doesn't doesn't necessarily look like he has a uh, you know upper a lower physique, a, a Batman yeah, a, a, type of uh, you know vibe that he's giving off. That that was my concern when I first yeah, heard. The it's not movie. a it's not a four day upper lower split going on. <laughs> uh, not no, he's he's not doing doing four rep counts. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that's that's not what we're here to talk about. We uh, obviously had some big news pertaining to the Falcons. Calvin Ridley suspended for the entirety of the 2022 season by the NFL um, for gambling. Um, Ovi, you know, when I when I texted you earlier to see when we wanted to record uh, our next podcast, you said you had a lot of thoughts. I'm going to open up the floor to you here. What do you have to say about Calvin? Well, here's the thing. I mean, Calvin said everything that needs to be said about Calvin through his actions. And we always say actions speak louder than words. And it's just a horrible, horrible look for the guy when everyone's been, you know, stepping on eggshells regarding his mental health and what he's going through and how to deal with it. And from the team or organization, I feel like, of course, not to that scale, but Arthur Blank feels like he had a, a, a mini Michael Vick betrayal. He's having like, you know, PTSD, like, dude, I have this guy's back. Like, you know, I was probably going to work with them to bring him back to the Falcons. I was handling the media questions. I was like, he's our guy. I was doing everything that I was supposed to do. And, you know, A2, Brute, like, you, you, you too? Like, you, you, you're going to do me like this where it looks terrible? And I, I just don't understand why he I – mean, maybe it's just because there's been so many theories thrown out there. Maybe the mental health was so bad that he didn't realize what he was doing. Uh, and he just blacked out and, you know, started gambling online. But, you know, me, I, I was with a couple of my former teammates. and We were all just talking like, it's not the first time he's done it. And there are, frankly, a lot of players who do it. But they're smart enough to do it under their wives' names or under, you know, their homeboys' names or under somebody else's name that's not theirs. So it's it's almost like maybe like the fact that he used his own name kind of just shows how out of it he is because – any rational common sense individual would know that if you're going to do something that's illegal, don't use your name. But at the end of the day, it's just, again, a horrible look for him because he's somebody who the Falcons needed this past season. And the fact that he wasn't there again, not of his own choosing. He had some things to deal with and we all respect that. But at the end of the day, this is a business and this is a business that, didn't go very well without Calvin Ridley. It didn't go as well as it could have gone. Uh, um, Kyle Pitts was a, a welcome addition to our offensive of firepower, but without having a true number one, which which Calvin was trying to fulfill, we we struggled. 
So it's uh, a blessing in disguise to have Calvin not there and whatever the football gods or the you know NFL commissioner uh, uh, think tank that decided not to do a third of a season or half a season, but a full season, just save the Falcons so much heartache and headache and confusion and indecision because now, you know, that, that cap hit is off the books, as I understand. And, and now there is no, okay, at, after his suspension, what do we do with them? It's a clean sweep. It's, it's moving on from, from Calvin. And I'm pretty sure that he's played his last down as the Falcon. I, I want to get to your latter part. Um, in a second, but I, I feel like I, I want to push back on the, um, you know, kind of notion that this, this shows how far gone he was. You know, I, I think that these two things can be very much mutually exclusive, you know, just because he decided that he needed to take time away from the team to, to deal with mental health. You know, that, that's something we all have a mental uh, you know, a frame of mind when we wake up every single day, we attack mm-hmm. the day, uh, we have a certain perspective. I think that, you know, regardless of the state of mind that you're in, we all have to make choices throughout the day. We all have to yep. decide how to to interact with whatever is presented in front of us, right? Like you can't control what happens to you. All you can control is is how you react to that. And I think that in this case, until we find out further, right? Like we've seen yep. that that some things have trickled out where maybe this was not an isolated incident. So until we know the entirety of the story, based on what the NFL ruled, this was kind of a one-time deal in a constrained period of time. I have to believe that that was just a bad decision made on his part and was kind of a one-time isolated incident. I mean, our podcast is presented by Bet Online. Like <laughs> you, you can't listen to a damn uh, it, anything. It's hypocritical uh, as hell. It, right. it's, the whole thing's and hypocritical. So, and and yeah. the, the fact that we are suspending players for gambling when the league is invited, you know, FanDuel and and all these gambling sites into their world and said, please gamble on our games. Here's a plus minus, the over under. Yeah. But um, you know, I think. For the longest times, players just gambling on their sport is a bad look, especially when they gamble yeah, on their you own Yeah, you can't team. do that. It just, it's just a bad look. And I know no. it's yeah. hypocritical because we have gambling all around the game, but he should know better. And, well, and, and, you, and the- you can gamble. I mean, you've been on team flights. You can, like, you can gamble. You just can't gamble on your game. You can't gamble yeah. on your sport. Like, that's where the yeah. integrity of the league comes into play. And I understand the league wanting to make an example of Calvin and that's what they're doing. You know, the one year that that's, this is Josh Gordon level territory where everybody in the league understands the marijuana is fine. You know, like coaches smoke, players smoke, everybody kind of does it. It's just an unwritten rule that, you know, you, you just do your best to not get caught around the drug testing time. You, when you get the, sticker on your locker you got to come in like you know you figure out and you know that just during the season hey maybe you don't do that but like in the league it's a kind of a known thing that that happens and josh gordon continues to be the scapegoat for this because they needed to make a public figure of it that's what i hope doesn't happen to calvin um but i want to i want to address your second point the you know the notion that the falcons are kind of just better off washing their hands I, i guess of calvin this season to some degree, I, 
I agree with that. Like, I, I think that, you know, it's hard to tell what, to what degree they were caught off guard last season by Calvin, you know, kind of calling, calling timeout midway through the season mm-hmm. and, and saying that he needed some space. It's, it's hard to know how blindsided they were by that. Um, but they're still, they, they now have a massive need at wide receiver. Like they're a better team with Calvin Ridley on this roster, kind of regardless of his state of mind. And that's not to make light of anything that's happening mentally with him, because that that's the number one and should remain the number one concern. Um, but you think that it's a, it's a net positive for them to kind of just get that 11 million off the books and, and kind of have him off to the sidelines for this season. Absolutely. I mean, uh, again, I uh, respect to Calvin and what he's dealing with, but he, the best ability is availability. And he wasn't available. And there's no sure. telling if he would be available this coming season. Because just like when he left, he came back, he left again. Like There's a lot of indecision with him and with the team and with the Falcons, with our game plans. And I don't know no coach wants to you know, make two, three, four game plans for if Calvin Ridley's there, if he's halfway there, if he's there and he can't you know focus. And with all the needs, all the needs the Falcons have, especially on defense, Of course, we know uh, receiver is important and our offense is important. Our defense is so bad that that 11 million, we can find maybe a receiver that is almost as good as Calvin Ridley and get a rock star defensive end or get some nice pieces uh, in free agency that can be some solid uh, Corderell Patterson's for the defense. People that don't cost a lot of money, but then surprise us because they just weren't in the right system. So I think that not having Calvin Ridley here is going to be a, a net positive. And I, I don't even think the Falcons are, are too, too upset. Again, like they're, they're upset because they'd like a healthy Calvin Ridley uh, or, or a Calvin Ridley that, that can be fully there. But the fact that that can't be guaranteed, this is the next best option. I, I do agree with you in, in that I think that the Falcons, uh, let's face it, this was uh, a draft pick made by Thomas Dimitrov into a uh, a team coached by Dan Quinn and Calvin flourished. And, you know, there was, I think, high expectations by this new regime led by Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot that Calvin would continue to ascend the way that he had been. Same with Russell Gage, same with a lot of guys on this roster. Um, You know, Calvin didn't make that leap that we thought he was going to. Um, But that means that there is a new regime in place. They're not necessarily beholden to him the same way that that Thomas Dimitrov or Dan Quinn might be, you know, there's not necessarily that emotional connection. Um, and that doesn't mean that there's not, that doesn't mean that Terry and, and Arthur don't care about Calvin, the player don't care about Calvin, the person. It, it just means that that one extra tendril of, well, we drafted him. What does it mean that that means we're admitting that we were wrong to kind of let him go or to move on from him. They don't have that. Um, so yeah, I, I do think in that sense, they're much more willing to kind of turn the page and, and look at the people who are there in Flowery Branch, suiting up every day, lacing it up, getting out there, practicing, preparing the team to win on Sundays. 100%. I think that that is going to be Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot's mentality. Um, now that they are down Calvin Ridley, where does wide receiver rank for you in terms of the team's needs? Because I think you and I have both been very strongly um, beating the bandwagon for edge rusher. Yep. Uh, and and now uh, wide receiver. I mean, even if they sign Russell Gage, it, it's still a huge need for this team. 
Yeah, Russell Gage is a uh, is a great two and a half receiver. Uh, uh, even as a number two, it's a stretch. But we we need that number one. And um, gosh darn it, uh, Kyle Pitts can he be number one? Can we can we consider that the number one? So we can just go after a number two. We don't need a number one receiver. That's what we're probably going to have to do because we don't have the money or the uh, the bandwidth right now to get a true Julio Jones type figure back in this building. We we just don't have it. So we're going to have to put Kyle Pitts as our de facto one, make him uh, the Tony Gonzalez uh, uh, dark skin version, uh, and we'll <laughs> we'll have a uh, a number two receiver that will act as number one, but. He'll be our number two receiver, and Russell Gage can be three if we can bring him back. Because I, I like Gage. I like the fact that he stepped up as much as he could. He pushed it to the limit as far as uh, his abilities, and he showed up when games were, eh, I don't want to say they weren't important, but we pretty much knew that we weren't going to the Super Bowl, and we were trying to squeak into the playoffs. <laughs> and Russell Gage, though, made some amazing catches and had everyone talking about Hey, who's this? Uh, this Russell cat. Uh, yeah, he he he's not not that bad. Like he's we, a good player. He he's, is. He's a good player. So I, I'd rather have him back on this team than than not. But um, it it still doesn't put receiver over edge rusher and over uh you know their defensive tackle to help Grady out. And I think we found a couple of decent ones last year that we could probably um you know get by with. But if we get a great A pass rusher. I, I saw Khalil Mack move, and I was like, wait, 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 are we getting, oh, no. I was like, man, I thought we can get Khalil Mack. If we could get somebody who is a bona fide stud, it would make me so happy. And not no Vic Beasley type that, oh, he had a couple of good games in college, let's go get, no. Not somebody <laughs> doesn't look the part, somebody doesn't have the physical attributes they can grow into, somebody who is, you know, born to be an edge rusher. I want one of those cats. Ovi, did you ever play against um, Ed Jasper or Grady Jackson? Uh, Grady Jackson, a big Grady, big tackle. He played the Raiders and the Falcons for a little bit. Grady yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Uh, um, my wife know, uh, knows Grady real well. She uh, <laughs> she used to um, be community relations person on the Raiders. So she used to always talk about Grady. And I, I never played with Grady. I don't think I did. Was he there in 2007? Oh, All if right. I did, it may it, it may have been like the, the the half year that he was there in 07. I may have. Why, why do you ask? Well, this this uh, this segue got way off the rails. Um, I I want to lead into the conversation about Jordan Davis. Oh, his okay. Combine. <laughs> okay. So when you see a guy that big, you know, 358 pounds or, or however, uh, you know, big he is, run a uh, like a four, seven, eight, you know, move yep. as well as he did. What's that like? Like, you know, did you ever play against somebody his size? And yeah, is that somebody that after seeing what he did in the combine, it, you know, would you be interested in him on this Falcons defensive line right next to Grady Jarrett? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's not just an isolated incident to where this is a D3 guy that we don't know if we he can play uh, against right. NFL level competition. Uh, and he just had a great combine as a you know, workout warrior. No, this is a guy who had an amazing college football career, went up against the best of the best and dominated the best of the best. And then on top of that, you're adding yeah. just freakish athlete. No, I want him. I want him now. <laughs> I want him to, to play D-tackle and defensive end and switch out to because he has the speed for defensive end. I, I, I don't know if he has the, the moves, but uh, I mean, 
did he play DN a lot in college or was he more D tackle? No, he, he did primarily play kind of that zero technique um, okay. and, and they rotated. So Georgia had such a great, honestly, defensive line, but defense in general, they rotated so many of their players. So kind of a knock on Jordan Davis has been two his, down player. Exactly. And I kind of don't think that's the case. I think Georgia had just so many great guys that they wanted yeah. to get them out there. And why not? You know, and, and I think if you're Atlanta, like you don't have that many guys, you're going to need him to be a three down player. I think we saw his combine numbers indicate that he can be a three down player. There's pass rushing upside for a guy that is, you know, 350 pounds and can run a four, seven, eight. Like he can 100% win in a lot of different ways. And at bottom line, his floor is an elite run stopper. There's a spot for that in this defense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I just don't know. Will we will he still be there when we we pick? I, I haven't gone through the the, the draft uh, mock at drafts eight, and stuff. I, I think he would be at okay. eight. Yeah, um, I, I think he would be Trayvon Walker. You know, maybe you you, you differ a little bit there, um, but he, I mean, he would make sense a lot. I think in this defense as well. Talk about somebody who could play kind of that five technique, three technique. You know, however you want to change up that defensive front um, can move inside and outside. But they're they're. Definitely, I think, seems like they're set up really well to get a really good edge rusher or one of their top receivers of choice, you know, a Drake London, a Garrett Wilson. But I think a lot of the value of wide receiver in this draft is day two, second and third round. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be opposed to them doubling up on receiver. You know, we talk about even if they bring back a Russell Gage, kind of if you get a bunch of like B and C options, Having that with a Kyle Pitts, I mean, would that intrigue you at all? Mm, I, I I still want defense. I, I've just, I mean, we, we've all seen what Matt Ryan and this offense have gone has gone through, and we've seen the the perennial bottom feeding status that we've had as far as r- rushing the quarterback. I, I don't. I'd rather double up on defensive end, defensive tackle. And like you mentioned, the second day, getting second and third and fourth round receivers that can just show up, kind of like uh, Alameda Zacchaeus is, is better than we thought he was. Russell Gay is better than he thought he was. Uh, you know, even Tajay Sharp is, you know, every now and then surprises us. But let's get some – Matt Ryan's good enough. He can make up for an average receiver. He can get these yes. guys to excel um, and, and become bigger than who they actually are. We need defense, and if we have to be top-heavy and overcompensate this draft, let's go ahead and do it. I have no problem with that. I just don't want to see us just run around in circles on defense and never get home. It's frustrating. <laughs> well, When you're a Falcons fan, going to the games two, three times a year and seeing it in person, just watching all those red and black jerseys never punch through unless Grady Jarrett makes an amazing spin move and – or, you know, rip and dip and can get to the quarterback. That's, that's about it. Yeah, it, it is. I, it is frustrating. And I, I do think that defense, I mean, I would love for defense to be the focus. And it looks like um, early on in free agency, at least defense could be the focus. Uh, reports by Jeremy Fowler of ESPN today were that the Falcons are kind of in uh, lengthy talks with Foye Lewican's, uh representation to get him maybe back with the Falcons. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, obviously he led the tack or led the NFL with 192 tackles this past season. 
tackles aren't everything in the league, but he brings a lot to the table. He's now just kind of entering his prime. Um, perhaps to get that deal done, the Falcons restructured Matt Ryan's contract. Um, it was something we had talked about uh, them potentially doing. Um, we didn't know how eager the team, I guess, was to to make that happen. They free up about $12 million to get that done. Um, we don't know the full extent of the, the deal yet, but I guess some void deal or void years will be added on, um, which will bump. You know, it basically just means he's going to carry some dead cap in, in the future. It, whenever, if the team decides to to move on from him, they will still be able to kind of get out of this deal. It looks like next offseason if they want to. But by all intents and purposes, Matt Ryan is back as the quarterback um, for 2022 and the team has freed up about $12 million. Um, what are your thoughts on that deal, Ovi? I think Matt Ryan uh, is trying to do what what our friends uh, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, you know, all, all the <laughs> we'll great Tom Brady. In a second. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there in a second. Um, I, all the great quarterbacks have had to do this because their contracts are usually the, the largest contract on the team. And if they want to not just be rich and wealthy, which they already are, despite restructuring, they're still making amazing money. And I really don't think that they're losing uh, that much of anything. It's just restructuring, like like the, the the word says. But I think it's great that, that Matt's willing to do it. And Matt, at this point, should be, I think is, all in for championships. He wants to win a championship before he leaves. And I played 10 years and I um, understand the feeling of, all right, that, that clock's ticking. It's, it's, it's getting <laughs> close to the end. Yeah. I have uh, less years in front of me than I have uh, behind me. And, and um, you know, pro bowls are great and all pros are wonderful. And there's nothing like a Super Bowl. Like, even now I, I go to a room and I'm like, you know, talking about old stories and everyone's flashing their hardware. And I got uh, Rodney Harrison's a uh, neighbor of mine uh, up here, uh, North Atlanta. And we'll hang out and go or go to an event. He had all the Super Bowl rings off. Like, gosh, dang it, man. My eyes, let me get my sunglasses. Dang, <laughs> diamonds. Like, I, I, I wish I had one of those. Like, you know, I, I feel for the, um, uh, like the Tony Gonzalez's of the world, the, the guys who are just Hall of Fame level you know, the damn marinas of the world. They don't yeah. have that, that hardware. And, and Matt Ryan does not want to be part of the, that list. So whatever he has to do, restructure this and help there and, you know, lobby there. Uh, he He's trying to get one of those rings on his finger before he leaves. Uh, that was, that was a lovely story, Ovi, but Falcons fans, I don't think we should lose uh side of the fact that Ovi is uh best friends with a new England Patriot. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Just, just, uh, just keep in mind, you know, we have a trader amongst our midst. To the neighborhood. <laughs> oh, man. No, I, I mean, I, I completely agree. Like, I, I think that Matt, uh, there's nobody more competitive, like, on this team. You know, he, he wants to win at all costs. Um, and and we've, seen, we've seen quarterbacks be able to play, you know, at a high level into their 40s. Um, it's becoming more common than ever. And we have seen quarterbacks also take some salary cuts you know and yeah. and not, not that that's what matt's doing but you understand that you're going to be taken care of at that position and of that course. the game is increasingly set up for you to play longer into your career than really anybody else um and, and so i think maybe I, i'm really curious to see if if kind of there is a uh a movement back towards the mean 
in terms of the NFL realizing, hey, if if quarterbacks are who we go to to keep restructuring these deals, you know, should the overall ceiling of these deals be a little bit lower than what we're doling out? Uh, yep. Because that's where we continue to go to the well to, to free up some of this money. But of course, the agents are never going to allow that to happen. So never. that's where we're going to be. Um, but somebody who is consistently kind of extended, I think, his window of success by restructuring a lot of his contracts or giving some team friendly deals is Tom Brady. Uh, the mm-hmm. news came out Sunday night that Tom Brady's coming out of retirement. Um, you know, by all uh, it seems like by all accounts, returning to Tampa Bay. It looked like the Falcons were set up nicely to have the best quarterback in this we position. Sure and now that's gone. So what are your thoughts, Ovi, uh, about Tom Brady now coming back to Tampa? And, and does this, like Tampa has a lot of free agents, a lot of people who could potentially leave this team. Now do you think Tampa is automatically a contender because Tom's back? Or do you need a lot of these guys to, to return with him? Regarding Tom Brady, he's the GOAT. And uh, I hate to say it. <laughs> It's uh, not fun saying that the guy who always beats you beats you because he's better than you. <laughs> no, one, no one wants to admit that. And I, I, I was hoping he might throw a curveball and say, you know what, I'm taking my talents to, uh, I don't know, anywhere but the NFC South. Like I, I had a fight with uh, Bruce Arians and I want to go somewhere else. But no, he's going back to Tampa Bay. Back to our division and going to make it very difficult for us to win two games every single year that he doesn't retire. I hope this is the last year because, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I was so surprised. I mean, I think a lot of people were surprised that being damn near the MVP of the league and then deciding to retire wasn't very Tom Brady-ish. Like, he said that, yeah, I could play till I'm 50, yeah. you know, and he's showing that yeah, he, he might. I don't know who the oldest quarterback to – when MVP is, but Tom Brady will be gunning for that next year. And um, wow. Um, it makes you wonder about the whole PR about it. The PR, uh, uh, you know, uh, just side of it. Like if the dude knew that he had a strong hankering to stay in this game, why retire? Why not just take till now to make a decision? I'm not sure. Maybe there was a, a deadline he had to reach or something to free up some money or whatever. But if you came back, it was just negated anyway. So I don't know if this is uh, one of those, like Jay-Z said he was going to retire like 5,000 times and made his record sales go up. <laughs> this is my last album ever. I'm retiring. And then, oh, I'm back. Oh, this is, this is the last album. I'm retiring. Oh, I'm back. And, you know, it just makes them be I, I, a little more, pizzazz or a little more I guess razzle dazzle about it all he he knew he was playing this coming season I think Gronk knew he was coming back like those who are close to him all kind of knew he was coming back I mean there were several people who said I wouldn't be surprised if he came back I wouldn't be surprised if he came back I'm like nah I personally thought he was he was done because why make a announcement at all if you're not done but uh, we'll, we'll see I, I I'm not looking forward to the Bucks next season because he didn't come back to uh you know for shits and giggles. He came back to win a championship. I'm I'm so glad you brought up that that point about you know why would he wait to announce if he knew he was coming back? And I, I think that you know what do we know about Tom Brady? Um incredibly competitive, always looks for every single advantage to win. Um learned from Bill Belichick, who is as close to uh, Emperor Palpatine as there is in uh, the NFL and I wouldn't put 
put it past Tom Brady to say, hey, if I can gain an, a half of an offseason's worth of an advantage against the teams in my division to get back into the playoffs and have another run at the Super Bowl, all while kind of conducting behind the scenes, because you're right, there's no way the players on his team don't know what his intentions are. So we're all sitting here looking at the huge number of free agents that Tampa Bay has. Now Tom Brady's gone. They're going to lose all these free agents. Now Tampa Bay's in kind of a rebuilding mode. This is what we're talking about. This is what all of the teams then are, you know, maybe the foolish ones, the smart teams never take anything for granted uh, in their division, you know, across the league. You can't base anything that you're doing based on what another team is doing. That's just dumb. But everybody else is talking about an NFC South devoid of Tom Brady for half of an offseason. Now Tom Brady comes back and that changes the math on everything. I would not put it past him to know exactly what he was doing and really kind of making this uh, work in Tampa Bay's favor slightly. Obviously, we need to see what happens now. But yeah, I, I think that this was maybe a savvy move on Tom Brady's part. I agree. No, um, that That's who he is. He is a entertainer um he, he <laughs> yeah. loves the, the pomp and circumstance he loves the glitz and the glamour i mean look at his wife look at his lifestyle i, I was gonna he, say have you seen giselle I mean, yeah he, he's all about you know presentation and timing and uh i don't think any of this was by happenstance uh, i mean it's i feel like it's extra it's it's, it's hella extra it's a, it's a whole lot to <laughs> you know do all this and orchestrate all this you know but i guess there is some small advantage that he thought he may have gleaned from this uh, situation or experiment process. But uh, at the end of the day, the uh, you know results are the same. We got to deal with freaking Tom Brady. And um, I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, who's his backup? I don't even know whose backup is at Tampa Bay. Who are we looking forward to uh, facing in Tampa? Uh, it was Kyle Trask. No, former, that guy. Uh, Florida Gators quarterback. Yeah. Ooh, no, uh, Kyle Trask. I was supposed to fear God in me. I'm ooh, Kyle Trask. Oh my he, God. He, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no one says that about Kyle Trask. Oh my God. We have to face Kyle Trask. So what are we going to do? Oh my goodness. Uh, and that's what I was looking forward to. I, I wonder if they would have got somebody else or they would have kind of stuck with Kyle Trask or they would have found somebody to give him a little more oomph at the QB position. But they, 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 they didn't search. They, they weren't looking. You didn't hear much of them talking about you know, anybody because they probably knew as well. Yeah, he'll be back. Yeah, he wants to take a couple months off. But I'm, I'm surprised he didn't drag this into like uh, right before training camp. But I guess your point is you don't want all those free agents to leave who came for Tom Brady to, to leave. Then Tom Brady says, I'm coming back. And you've already gotten rid of or guys have left, especially the journeymen, to go somewhere else that they thought they could win a Super Bowl. Everyone on that team knows that they have a very, very, very good chance to win a Super Bowl now that Tom Brady's back. So they're not going anywhere. The, the same people who took those same crappy deals, uh, one-year deals to be on Tampa Bay Bucks, <laughs> are going to take those same deals again because they're trying to win one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that that's smart, right? Like they, That would be why they did not extend this out. But I did see right before the news broke that Tom Brady was coming out of retirement, um, it looked like Tampa Bay was maybe going to throw its lot in uh, with the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Um, now, Tampa Bay is obviously bowed out. They have um, arguably a better quarterback, even at this advanced <laughs> stage. Um, of, of arguably. <laughs> arguably. 
but still two teams in the division who seem very much in on Deshaun Watson, Carolina and New Orleans, um, both very much in need of quarterback. We have seen Carolina linked to Deshaun Watson, who went to Clemson for kind of like the last two years. Uh, David Tepper, their owner, really, really wants to make a splash reportedly at the quarterback position. New Orleans, now in the post-Rubies era, things didn't go so well uh, in, in year one with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill kind of splitting time there. They would love to maybe get somebody rock solid at the position. Um, what are your thoughts on not just Tom Brady now coming back to the NFC South, but potentially Deshaun Watson joining this division? And then where do you think Matt Ryan falls in a potential Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson hierarchy? I, um, oh man, Deshaun Watson, that brother has, uh, got a, a, a amazing team around him or at least a family structure to be able to stay solid throughout all this. Because I, I would go crazy if I knew I could play football as just sit on the sideline and just watch a team win, lose, draw, whatever. And I'm a football player. I want to play football, you know, regardless of the reason that's being, I'm being held out. I have to, you know, almost my eyes are are, are taped open. And like, I, watch <laughs> this, watch this, watch what you can't do. Like, yeah. you know, he, he, not like he can just stay at home and chill. Like he's asked to come to games, has to come to practice, but can't play. That's just rough. But to go through all that and, you know, the, the courts decide what they d- decided, I think, uh, what it came out that he wasn't guilty. I'm, I haven't followed that. Yeah, that none, of the, none of the civil suits were, uh, were yes. he was charged. Yeah, you know, good good for him. But um, getting a chance to play football again, I know he's excited to just, you know, go out there and help a team win and show that he's still Deshaun Watson. And the Panthers would be lucky to have him. I just don't want the Panthers to have him because, like, like I said with Tom Brady, <laughs> it's the NFC South that we were yeah. about to be in control of. We were about to be the, uh, the, the big dog on campus. And Tom Brady and Deshaun Watson coming back will make that much more difficult. Like Jameis Winston, you know, that, that Jameis Taysom Hill experiment, it hasn't proved as uh, intimidating as we thought it might be. Um, you know, we almost lost two to him. And outside of a Cordero Patterson, Hail Mary, amazing play, we we may have been 0-2 to them. So even though we talk big, you know, they're, they're still, at least last year, good enough to beat us. But Deshaun Watson would make the Panthers dangerous again they, he would make them immediately dangerous again and with a huge ship on his shoulder we don't want that man coming to the nfc south uh playing yeah. for the panthers where if uh christian mccaffrey stays healthy they have an amazing uh run game and pass <laughs> game with deshaun I, yeah. I don't want that for us uh i, I want it for him I, I wish deshaun watson all the best I, i've been following his career for a while i'm a south carolina guy and i think that he has a, a lot that he wants to show the nfl he can do but um, I want him to do it somewhere else, in the AFC, maybe somewhere. Go to Seattle, Deshaun. There you go. There um, you go. You know, uh, we you. we we all we all root for you over here, local guy. Um, love love Deshaun Watson. One of my favorite games that I watched was in, uh, I believe, 2017. It was Seattle Houston, uh, Deshaun's rookie year, and an absolute just back and forth. Uh, lighted up shootout between Russell Wilson, and Deshaun Watson. Russell Wilson is no longer in Seattle. Deshaun, go replace him, um, please. And even though you're still in the NFC, you're not in the NFC South. That's fine with me. Um, we'll take seeing you maybe every uh, once every two years, not every single year twice. Um, 
So please, thank you, do that. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think that that's, that's kind of it. We've, we've caught up on a lot of the news. Um, free agency is starting very, very soon. Ovi, do you have any uh, free agency stories that you would like to, to share with our listeners? I mean, the, I only have one story. It was the the this this the one time I was in free agency where I like um you know, like like my fellow Nigerian Foye Aluakan, um I was I had an amazing season and I was highly coveted and it was amazing. Like there is nothing. Oh, William, there is nothing like having people just clamor, you know, o- over your services and and court you and try to date you. I mean, I'm sure I wouldn't know what that's like. No, yes, you would. Yeah, before you got married, I'm sure you had all (laughs) girls around. You're like, I want to date William. No, I want to date William. No, I want to date William. Like, I'm sure you had all types of people that's excited to, you know, hang out with you, be around you, you know, get you to to love them. And that's what free agency is. You you have like your if you do well, you have your pick of the litter. And it was um a um an amazing experience to have the New York Giants, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Atlanta Falcons back in 2007, uh, the spring of 2007, uh, just fighting over me and wanting to fly me down and uh, show me here and calling my agent and sending me, uh, you know, letters like, or, or like to do this, like to do that. Or it, it was just so exciting because I didn't know they liked me. Like I was I'm used to fighting for my life. Like my Baltimore Ravens two, three, four years I was there, I was fighting for my life to stay relevant, to to be seen, to have people know that, hey, I exist. I'm a good fullback. If you give me an opportunity, I can get Jamal Lewis or any tailback to the promised land. I'm going to get your third and one, fourth and one. I'm going to be a special teams uh, ace player, uh, damn near Pro Bowl player. Like, give me a shot. Like, I want to I want to play. And they finally gave me a shot, like, my third, half my third year and my full fourth year. Like, I only started, like, one full year. And uh, I had, I made the best year of my life. Um, I had a ton of touchdowns. I had the late Steve McNair hit me with five-yard routes here and there. So they couldn't there say about my hands. They, they tried to. Oh, well, he's only a blocker. He can't catch. And they was like, oh, I guess he can catch. He caught every, <laughs> every ball thrown his way uh, during the 2000. Uh, sixth season. And um, the free agent story was that um, I kept on telling my agent to accept lowball offers because it was more than what I was being paid, which was $800,000. I made my fourth year of my uh, rookie contract. And so the Ravens said, eh, we'll give you a million if you stay. I'm like, take it. They're giving me a million dollars. It's a million dollars, uh, Todd France. As he was, is it was CAA. It was with CAA. I'm like, take it. <laughs> I got. I must remember being so mad. I, I almost fired my agent because um, they offered one, one million. Said, no way. And then the Giants offered me like uh, one point five, and I said, ooh, "Ooh, take that." He's like, "No, no, you, you're worth more than that." I'm like, "Am I? Okay." And so the Tampa Bay Bucks offered me two million. I said, "Take it, take it." What were you throwing? He's like, "No." And I was like, "I was like, if you don't take it, they're gonna take it, give it to somebody else." There are other fullbacks for free agents. I was, I was tracking all this stuff. I was my own internet agent. <laughs> um, trying to make sure my guy was doing the right stuff. I was tracking and reading articles. I saw these other fullbacks that weren't as good as me, but they were getting a lot of buzz. And I was like, if you don't take this, I'm going to find another agent who is going to take this offer. I don't want you to mess up like my my career. Because they were like giving me like guaranteed money. And it was like three or four years. And finally, the, the, the biggest offer was that 
uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like, we really want you. We'll give you $2.5 million a year, and we'll do it for, um, for four years. And we'll guarantee, like, uh, three or four million of that. I said, Todd, if you don't take this, I, sw- I, sw- I, swear, to- I swear, I'm out. He's like, wait for one more offer. Falcons came with six years, 18 million, five million guaranteed. And I was like, is this the offer we're taking? He's like, this is the offer we're taking. I say, <laughs> I, I was about to lose it over here, but I was also extremely excited. So that's my, my one free agency story. Uh, you know, Arthur Blank flew his private jet down to Baltimore to pick me up, uh, made a slight detour to Charleston, pick up my parents who it was one of the coolest moments of my life to give them that, opportunity and that honor just to show them, hey, they they busted their butts and came to America. I mean, you know, my mom worked at Bird King. My dad, dad worked as a security guard. He got shot at. Like He was just trying to find a way to pay for med school, you know, yeah. build the American dream and to have their son uh, kind of keep his nose clean enough and to work hard enough to create an opportunity where they're flying on a billionaire's private jet to go sign an $18 million contract. I, I'd say that that's a win in life. That's a big W that uh, I... I um, you know, put on the shelf and I'm really excited to to give to my parents and, and to my family. So that's my one free agency story. It was pretty fun. Hell yeah, dude. And that's, uh, I think it's something that's really important for a lot of people to keep in mind. You know, it's a really interesting perspective because all of these numbers that we're seeing uh, get thrown out, you know, Max Crosby signing this $98 million deal. Jesus. Like the, the, these are life changing numbers. Yes, Absolutely. People. For the individuals Life that are like for not only them, for their families. Yep. Um, and so like this time of year, people's lives change in this. League. It's exciting. Uh, we all look at it from a team perspective and like, what does this mean for this team? What does this mean for this team? But it's like, no, it means way, way more for the individual. Um, and it means way, way more for their family. Um, but Ovi, really, uh, what, what I heard in that whole story was that, um, you know, Todd, Todd, Todd Frank, Cost you a, a Super Bowl ring? Yeah, <laughs> he kind of did. The Giants <laughs> won a Super Bowl a couple of years after that. I, I always like, damn, literally two thousand seven. You picked, yeah. you picked Bobby Petrino's Falcons. Ah, shit, over, you know what? Uh, I sure did. And that first year, getting Bobby Petrino, I had to just keep myself with myself. I was like, okay, okay, it's, I got guaranteed <laughs> money. I got guaranteed money. The problem get rid of me, but I got guaranteed money. It's okay. I go somewhere else. It's guaranteed money. But I watched that Super Bowl occur in New York, I said, I know I'd be just as good if not better than their fullback right now. We'd have the same success. We'd be partying, but New York is cold. And um <laughs> it's from just, Baltimore, you you wanted the yeah, you wanted the warm weather. Yeah, I was I was looking forward to the the Atlanta weather and the lifestyle and, and that whole stuff. Like I was uh I was hot stuff for a second. Like I never got the NFL experience when I was in Baltimore because I was getting always fighting for my life. I came to Atlanta. I got a little money. I was, you know, a top bachelor in Essence Magazine. You know, I was hanging out with Ludacris <laughs> and T.I. and I had a cell phone. And, you know, I, I knew Big Boy from Outcast. We go out here. And I act like I'm I'm cool. Like, I, I'm supposed to be here. Inside, the, the, the like, teenager over me, like, oh, my God, I'm hanging out with this person. I'm hanging out with that person. Hey, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> well, I'm hanging out with this person. Like, it was like I dated some models and actresses. And I go to the SBs and it was a nice like two, three, four, five year run where I, I just finally got my little taste of the NFL lifestyle because I'm 
I, you know me. I'm a nerd. I, I'm, I am, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm just a, a goofy, you know, anime watching. All right. All nerd. right. Chill, dude. You just went yeah. from like, oh, we're just out here hanging with Ludacris, chilling with models, you know, but you know me. I'm a nerd. I'm a yeah, nerd. Yeah, yeah, I'm, all right. <laughs> hey, I'm like you. I, I'm just a regular guy, you know, but they didn't know that. <laughs> they, they thought I was like, Ovi Mahaley. Got them all fooled. Well, uh, all right. Next time we talk, I'll have to let you know about uh, all my experiences. Yes, know, runways and models and uh, and all the the glitz and the glam and the red carpet. But um, this has been this has been so much fun. It's great to to catch up with you again. A lot of news has happened, um, and you know our plan is kind of once a month over the off season. Uh, draft is coming up. Free agency is coming up. I'm sure that you're going to want to talk about that. Um, so we're going to have to definitely catch up uh during that stuff but do you have anything that you want to let people know about or uh get off your chest before uh, we get out of here Nah, my friend um I, i'm excited about uh what terry fontenot has in store um spoke to his people again they said oh we give, give a couple more weeks let's do something in april <laughs> i said hey, yeah, that's fine i know he's busy got a lot going on you know uh now to figure out how to deal with tom brady again and how to draft it to to deal with that but no, um, I, I'm just excited about where the Falcons are heading. Uh, I, I want to see how this wizard is going to work his magic with so many holes to fill and with so many needs. Um, no, football is exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what, what Terry Fontenot does uh, kind of in year two. I think that the team's going to have a better, definitely idea of who they've got in house, what they need to fix um, the direction they want to go. The fact that they've cleared up some space with Matt Ryan is intriguing. Um, but Hey, if he wants to do April, let's uh, let's see what he's doing right before they make that first round pick, you know, him, right? him, uh, <laughs> while, while the other team is on the clock right in front of him, let's get him on the phone um, and, and get him get him on there. So uh, that uh, sounds like we'll, we'll get you working on that Ovi. But um, as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, today's podcast is presented by Bet Online. Please like, subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcasts. Um, for Ovi Mahaley, I am Will McFadden. Thanks as always, and take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.